You probably thought I was going to start by saying the way you are dressed is the way you'll be addressed. <laughs> There's a reason the topic of this discussion is your identity versus your dressing, not your dressing versus your identity. How are you? Hope you are good. Hope you are basking in the love of Christ. How is life treating you? How are you treating life? Hope you are getting a hold of life and life is not getting a hold of you. Uh, I've been fine. I know you're not asking, but you wish to know I mean. I've been fine. I've been good. I have been basking in the love of Christ. Christ has been holding me up despite the stress and the workload and everything. As we start this discussion, I pray that the Lord helps me to speak his mind and that he prepares your heart to receive what he has in store for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get right into it. Today's topic is a whole lot. And I'm very sure we are going to learn a lot. The Bible boldly states that out of the abundance of the act, you know the rest now, the mouth speaks. Now, if I check Matthew 12, 34, using Amplified Bible classic edition that's AMPC. It says the big part of it says, For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Superabundance, there, I want us to highlight it. Superabundance also means surplus, large amount, or excess. Now, there's a particular notion or knowledge that it is what you feed your mind on that you will act out. In tandem with what Matthew 12, 34 is telling us, if you are following, I am trying to say that what you mainly fill your mind with is what you will act out, is what you will live by, is what will guide your living. Your identity is built by what your mind or heart is mainly filled with. If you remember, I explained that another word for superabundance is a large amount or excess. So, you live your life based on the larger amount of value or knowledge in your heart. You live your life based on the excess of knowledge in your heart. You live your life based on what your mind is mainly filled with, what you have filled your mind up with, what you have fed your mind with. Thereby, your identity is built by what your heart is mostly and mainly filled with. Okay? One thing I have learned in life and tried my possible best not to sugarcoat is that there's always an higher percentage. Mm. Let me put it in a better way. The Bible says no man can stay on the fence. So how the Bible puts it, but it's in a way like that. Now I understand it. You cannot, it's either you are for God or you are for the devil or you are for Lucifer. You cannot be 50% for God, 50% for the devil. The thing with our soul is what you mainly feed the soul with is the side it will rely on. If you are feeding it with the things of God, you will get closer to God. You are more of God. I probably understand what I just said. And if we are not feeding it with the things of God, we have the devil. Let's not even sugarcoat the whole situation. So now, a man can never be 50 50. It's either an 80 20. 100 zero. 100 zero is always the best. 100 for God, zero for the devil. You know what I mean? So, the more you say yes to God, 
the more the desires of your flesh submit under the will of your spirit submit under the will of the holy ghost and also vice versa the more you disobey the spirit of god trying to help you to live for god the more you disobey his instructions the less you hear him and the more you find yourself in the things of the world the more you you yearn for the things the desires of the flesh the best way you can say yes to God is not by following the do's and don'ts in the Bible. It's not by doing well. The do's and don'ts are good, but it's not by it's not by keeping the law. Mm. It's not by keeping the law. But when you constantly fellowship with God, you find yourself saying yes to God more. You find yourself obeying the Holy Spirit. You find yourself dwelling in Habas presence. In that way, you have control, trust me, you have control over the desires of your flesh. You start to want the things of God, you start to detest the things your flesh always desires. So with all said, let me establish the fact that your identity beats your dressing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the abundance of the heart beats one identity. And your identity beats your nature and part of your nature is your dressing i hope that is clear so now i think you know why it is your identity versus your dressing not the other way around i have grown to understand that people have different levels of deepness or shallowness when it comes to their relationship with god and however funny enough god still loves us i would not say equally but yes equally but then if your relationship with God is once in a while thing, okay, I talk to God on one day, on the other days, I just, Daddy, thank you, God, thank you, please give me many things, you know, I mean, those things, I'm not sure there can be any chance of communing, of intimacy, of fellowshipping, because intimacy, fellowshipping, communion comes with both of you, being ready to infuse, being ready to ask what to use. Both of you being ready to have an intercourse. And before you can have an intercourse, both of you have to be willing to give yourself to that relationship. Both of you have to be willing to make sacrifice. I mean, God has made the ultimate sacrifice already. But you have to deny yourself just so you can become more of God. And in denying yourself, you are des- denying the desires of your flesh. You are denying the things that your flesh would normally want. But now, it is not by your power, by your might. It is the Holy Spirit that will help you to live for God and like God. Because He knows the mind of Abba. You do not know the mind of Abba. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit as our helper. So that He will help us to do those things that we are incapable of doing. So that He will help us to live beyond keeping the law. So that we live by his spirit, not by the law, by grace. So let me not die about it. I may declare that it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to live for God. Right? There is something most Christians are guilty of, including me. I mean, the thing with our mind is, even when we are not planning on doing something, it does it for us unconsciously. And that is judging. When we see, um, okay, let me use a church for an example. Let me use my chapel in Bowen University for an example. Okay, we all dress up in the morning and then go to church on Sunday and go to chapel on Sunday. And then we see this usher, she's in her bodycon, cleavage, 
slipped reaching the upper part of her thighs and what comes to your mind okay and funny enough you see this lady during the intensity of prayer hours everybody's capuching ah, ah. and this is groaning in the spirit what comes to your mind at that point even when you, i mean you are praying so you just happen to be that's why it's good to close your eyes when you are praying just face to wall so you'll not be distracted so at that point you're like ah, ah. And say they know bad we are something like that you get. You will judge her by the way she is stressed. <laughs> you will judge her by the way she is stressed. Up. I mean, you are here causing your fellow brethren to see you are you are distracting everybody and you see you are, you are praying. I don't know if you're a prayer person, but you get the message I'm trying to pass across. I know in that situation your mind has already gone ahead of you before you even told it to do anything. It has already judged. In that moment, in that situation, you're made to silence the thought and intercede for the person. That the person understands. <laughs> that the person just pray according to how the Holy Spirit will direct you to pray. Because <clears throat> let's not go too deep into it. We are meant to intercede, not to continue in the enjoyment of judging. Do you get? But then, if I see a guy outside, is in suit or something decent, his head cut decent, not giving him a way to be a front or a criminal. Whatever accessory he's using is moderate, not too much. What I will think of that man is that, oh, such a responsible guy, such a decent human being, even if behind the old decency is evil. Now, how do you and how do you not dress? Romans 14, 13 to 23 explains a lot. It explains that in everything we do, we should not cause our fellow brethren to sin, including our dressing. Bible did not add that part, but including our dressing. The focus would be on verse 13, but our idea is to read and study the rest. It's just 10 verses, it's not plenty. You can carry your Bible now and read it. You can pause this message and read it. I mean, that might be what God wants to bless you with. So if you know that's your dress, because your fellow brethren to sin. You have another dress now. Abba. Hey, you have another dress. Remove it from your wardrobe. I know most of us were about to grow in our dresses. Okay, I said most of us. I mean, I've not been growing really fast. So I can still wear dresses from like two, three years, four years back. <clears throat> so for the people that are about to grow in their dresses, Julie Spirit will help you. Okay. But then, uncle, if you know that you're short, you know. Let me know that if, if not that you're short, you're short with the going be, it's going to cause one auntie to be imagining what she's not meant to imagine. Go and wear long dresses, cover your laps, this is for the Lord. Hey, why will you come outside with boxers? I mean, boxers that you wear under your shoulder, the way you are going out, nomadic. But then that's why the Holy Spirit is very important. The Holy Spirit, I've had several experiences where the Holy Spirit told me to go and change, and I did not. And you know, at the end of everything, I saw the consequences. And there was this particular instance, May 1st last year, I can never forget. It was the day after baptism, so I was in the program. Pastor Nelson came in. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going into detail so that I won't take much of our time. The day after baptism was a Sunday. I went on Kara to go to chapel. I mean, and normally I don't like going tight because I feel my laps are not big. They don't touch each other whenever I'm walking. So there's no point. It's just cause unnecessary heat. So, I, it told me to wear tight or I changed my gown but I did not do either by the time I got to chapel I and some of my friends were taking a selfie video and 
there was a force from my legs spreading apart because I nearly fell. So the gown tore a bit at the back, and I'm like, oh, hope to be still okay. I could still manage until the Holy Ghost took over the service, and I could not control my body. And my gown tore up to where the zip was on my waist level. So now, if I had one tight, don't be embarrassed of anybody who had seen my inner thighs to see my inner thighs. And there won't have been trouble of people trying to use their scalps and their wrappers to cover my nakedness. Do you get? So about this not costing your fellow brethren to sin. Last year December I dyed my hair and around that time we went to a family function where we go to see people, families that I've not seen in years. And trust me, people glared at me like but then my brother took that chance to explain to me Romans 13, not causing your fellow brethren to sin. And I had to understand where culture and tradition and mindset comes to play in all of these situations. But the thing with Christianity is that we have infused our culture and tradition into it. And that is very unnecessary because Christianity on its own is a culture, it's a tradition, it's a way of life. I pray God gives us understanding. The Bible supports more dressing. Underline it, put it in bold, more dressing. Be more dressing every your dressing, your talking, everything. But most importantly, our focus is your dressing. Be moderate. About the first statement I made earlier that the way you are dressed is the way you be addressed. It's a fact. If you remember the story about the uncle and say I gave earlier, it was the way they dressed that I addressed him. That's because I do not know them. And first impression matters a lot with them. First thing you see about the person that registers in your mind as the person's identity. But then people go around saying it's just to suit themselves that um, it's people that cover their bodies that do the most. Now, you that are not doing the most, why are you giving yourself in a way to people that you are doing the most? Don't let people misinterpret your identity by your dressing. This is to remember, your identity bets your dressing, and your identity is bet by what your heart contains, by the abundance of your heart. And your heart can only be filled with God with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, with the truth, when you commune with Him constantly and you allow Him to transform you. I pray that the Lord ministers to you and makes you to understand this better and that it transforms your understanding. And I pray that as you go this week, next week, up our week, the Lord goes ahead of you direct your path, your path keep on shining brighter and brighter and brighter. In Jesus' name, Amen. Remember that you can always carry everything to God in prayer and that no matter how far you think God is, no matter how far you think you are far from God, remember that God is a prayer healing. Love you guys. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.